0: Hello, everybody. Today is September 28, 2023. I'm here with Leslie Deutsch, a managing principal at John Burns Research and Consulting. The firm provides advisory services to the home building industry. Uh, Welcome, Leslie.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And by way of background, you graduated from Wharton. Then you worked in a series of investment banking jobs. And 15 years ago today, you joined John (laughs) Burns. Can you tell us what's going on in the uh, real estate?
1: Um, Yes, I'm happy to. Um, It's probably one of the most difficult times to be a real estate consultant because the market's so volatile. So everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, Also a good time because everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, So the, the way that we're looking at it, I spend a lot of time in the new home market, the resale market and the rental market. And those three, and and of course the economy. The economy is doing much much better than expected. So that that's been the real surprise. And I think for the housing market, is wages continue to grow. The inflation came down a little. Wages are growing faster than inflation now. People keep spending the money that they have, so that's helping the housing market as well. Um, savings are coming down. There's still some some risks in the economy. There's a lot of risk actually. Um, we have a tight labor market, so so that has really propped up. The home building side, the new home builders are are really benefiting, which is very surprising because we have seven and a half mortgage rates, 75 percent mortgage rates. Um, there, they were very quick to see the decline in sales late 2023, 2022, excuse me, and they started um, instituting uh, mortgage rate buy downs. So they're buying down the rate, and and we found that the rate they need to buy down to is about five point five percent. Was a survey that we did. And if you see across the new home building industry, that's what they're doing, and that has spurred sales. New home sales are up 24 percent year over year. Um, that's through uh, August. So, so really, it's been a strong market there.
0: Now, are there any markets that happen to be stronger than the others?
1: Yes. So, it's a supply. There, some markets have seen a lot of supply. So, so we do have. There are differences regionally. So Florida still seems to be a very, very strong market, as is the entire sort of southeastern United States. Um, the still markets in California are starting to slow. We're seeing, obviously, San Francisco is, is a little bit slower. Um, and he, and Dallas, or, sorry, Dallas, Texas is a mixed bag. Um, so you've got San Antonio, which saw a lot of supply, is really kind of reeling from that oversupply story. But then you have Dallas, which is just chugging along just fine. So overall, we rate our markets from slow very slow to very strong 85 86% of our markets are rated either normal to very strong so overall it's a very good housing market
0: and do you do you think these trends will continue or the the markets where it's slow they just reduce the supply over time and then it then it pops right back sort of like um, adam smith's invisible hand
1: yes <laughs> um I think it's going to continue for quite some time for the foreseeable future, let's say. Um, there also new, new home sales are benefiting because there's no resale inventory in the market. And that's a really important point um, and an important dynamic, I think, that was overlooked by almost everybody. Um, but if, you're, if you own a home, you, 75% plus of people in the United States own a home with a less than 4% mortgage rate. So why would you sell that home when the mortgage rates are now seven and a half percent? So there's very few listings on the market. A lot of homes, you see like a lot of markets, you see like less than one month of supply. So you really are starting to see if you're a new home buyer and you go into a market, there's just no inventory of resale. You're kind of forced into the new home market or to rent. Um, That's your only option these days.
0: So you were talking before uh, we started today how it's a tough time to be a realtor now because they don't have inventory to sell.
1: Right. It is a tough time. Um, in fact, interestingly, I've been asked um, on a few occasions now to speak to realtor groups to kind of guide them towards the new home market, because that's where the activity is going to be, you know, over the the, the, the next year at least. Um, realtors don't love the new home market for a lot of reasons, a lot of history there. Um, you know, they don't get their commissions to the homes built, and that could be a 12-month lag, 9 to 12 months. Um, but and so they're going to have to sort of adjust if they want to keep their volume up and keep their business going. They're going to have to adjust to this new reality where there's very few listings, but the deals are actually in the new home market. So there's going to be a shift there um, that that hasn't that's starting to happen.
0: And do you think that the um, new home market will be strong for another year?
1: I do. Um, I do. It's still very supply constrained for the most part. We need more housing. Um, and again, with no resale inventory out there. Um, the home builders are, are were, like I said, we're very quick to adjust to the mortgage rates. So, so they've been very, very successful. So I do think we, we still will have. Now, we didn't expect the mortgage rates to jump recently, right? We thought they would start to come slowly down. So there is there's some risk for sure. But um, but I've been speaking to a lot of the home builder CEOs who really have said, look, we're, we're pragmatic. We're not going to try to double in size. But we know that there's demand out there and we can really expand um, in this current environment.
0: But we were also talking beforehand how the largest new home builders have a tremendous advantage. They have the cash reserves. They have their their, they're integrated on a horizontal basis with mortgage companies, with title insurance companies. And that gives them a very strong competitive advantage
1: especially in buying land right now, right? So the pri- a lot of the private home builders have to go to a bank to get a loan to buy land. Um, and that's not as feasible today in the current interest rate environment. The, the big home builders, the big public builders have a lot of cash on hand, and we're seeing their market share really explode. Um, so interestingly, uh, the stat I have is, is new homes represent 28% of total for sale single family inventory. The historical average there is thirteen percent. Um, so really, just the the, the shocking rise of, of market share for these builders has 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 really happened because of the lack of inventory um, and their ability to buy lands um, in in this current environment with cash.
0: And they could offer the title insurance, the mortgages, the buy downs.
1: Yep, yep. And they're they're helping solve some of the insurance issues, especially in Florida, Southern California, where you can apply for insurance through their um, insurance companies which I thought was very clever of them. And it's less expensive to insure a new home because of, you know, they have a new roof and new windows and uh, new doors, et cetera.
0: Right. And they're using the new technology along the way. Now what's Florida was, has been attractive because of the taxes and the mm-hmm. climate. And, and are there, are there any other attractions to Florida with the understanding that those are major attractions?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so the, the warm weather and taxes drive it. Um, but really, I think Florida, and I want to talk about m- migration for a second, because that has changed as well. But Florida, this cycle, I think, attracted a lot of businesses. Um, and that that really has changed the landscape. So you have markets like Tampa and Miami, especially uh, West Palm Beach, which is starting to attract higher wage jobs, financial companies, um, and they're expanding and they're investing in the local markets. They're, they're investing in the colleges and the high schools. Um, because they're really moving their um their people down there. There's a lot of talk in Miami that um a lot of the big financial firms like the Citadels moved down to Miami during the pandemic and now they're asking their workers to come down to Miami because they they like the environment down here
0: and what about California? what's the attract what continues to be the attraction there?
1: Oh, the weather probably the food to some extent too. Um, but the landscape there is is really, I mean, you're starting to see less migration to, well, a lot of migration out of California at this point, but not overwhelming. Um, it, the California still has the allure of, of the weather and the landscape and the lifestyle. Um, and I don't think that will ever go away, but it has become extremely expensive. And you don't see as much in-migration to California. You see more out-migration to places like Idaho and Phoenix and, and Las Vegas.
0: Now, what about Phoenix, where they have issues with water? I
1: know. Yeah, Florida has issues with insurance. I, people keep moving in, although I will say what we're noticing on the migration patterns, they have slowed tremendously from the pandemic. So we were seeing just you know the influx of people um, from the Midwest and the Northeast, from California, just to these more affordable metros like Phoenix and, Texas and Dallas and um, Tampa, et cetera that number has slowed. I think the most interesting factor, we, we track migration really carefully. The most interesting trend that's happened now is that the locals living in these metros are now moving out of them. So if you look at the out-migration, you see, uh, I use uh, Atlanta, for example, the out-migration to Atlanta, to Gainesville, Georgia. So it's the next it's the next metropolitan area over, but it's less expensive. Um in Orlando there's an out migration, a massive out migration to Daytona Beach because it's down it's right next door you could still commute a couple days. So you're starting to see migrate you're still seeing the New Yorkers and the Midwesterners come in um but not not as fast as before and it's starting to be overtaken by the out migration of the locals because of affordability.
0: Now, what about what's going on with the mo- uh, apartments and the rental markets?
1: Yeah, so I thought um and not, and it wasn't completely wrong, but I thought the rentals would be the the huge beneficiary of rising mortgage rates, right? It gets more expensive to own a home than to rent a home. So that drives people to the rental sector. Um, and it has been. the The demand has just been tremendous in apartments. But what has happened is the supply story, everybody knew there was a pipeline. What people didn't count on was all of those buildings being delivered nearly exactly the same time. So you have markets like Charlotte, Raleigh, Tampa, Orlando, Dallas, really high growth markets are seeing a just an inordinate amount of supply enter the market all at the same time. And that's causing um, that's causing pretty big incentives. You know, you see one month, two month free on these rents, pretty good deals if you're a renter um, trying to get the lease up going on all of these rents. So, we are starting to see rents moderate. They're pretty flat right now. We have like a like a 0% growth for next year. Um I I will say that's a, probably a short-term phenomenon because of the supply, um because of the interest rates, nothing's getting financed right now, so you're not going to see a, another wave of supply if you will in 2025-26. So, you're going to have a year or two of of a real in in a lot of markets, not all of them, but you're going to have a real um, supply concern story.
0: But you think that will even itself out over the next few years?
1: I do. I I do think it will, um, because there's going to be sort of a gap in supply with these higher interest rates. So, but it yeah. might it might take a little bit, and and you do see rents coming down um, in some markets, especially these suburban markets that um, that became very very interesting during the pandemic. People started to get the projects going, and now they're just hitting the market.
0: Now, we haven't discussed this in the past, but we've read recently about office buildings that yes. are in foreclosure and shopping malls that are in foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Do you view this as a looming crisis for the lenders, for the economy? What's your thoughts about this?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I, I I do. I've spoken to to many groups now that we're trying to figure out what's the alternative use for these offices. I don't think you're going to see the demand spike for office um, anymore. Um so uh, you know the the go-to use is can we convert it to residential, but that's been proven very expensive and and not feasible in in most cases. some cases they are um so there there is a lot of conversation about um raising offices, creating um like transit oriented developments of, of creating apartments there, especially if they're, you know closer in locations um so I think, Yes, I think there's going to be some there is going to be some distress in the office world. Um, right now, I think a lot of the owners are are trying to figure out what's the alternative use. Um, and that's a very, very difficult situation right now, for sure.
0: And do you think that will have reverberations in the um home market in terms of lenders being yeah. constrained?
1: Yes, yeah, I do. I, I do, and it's not because the fundamentals of the home building market aren't strong. It's because the the banks are go- could potentially stop lending. Um, but that goes back to the public home builders, which are very cash, um, you know, they're, they're very cash rich, and so they don't really need the the, the lending environment to keep their um, to keep their operation alive. Which kind of leads into we were talking before, you know, Warren Buffett making a huge investment in the in DR Horton. Um, And that makes a whole lot of sense to me, because those are the beneficiaries of all of the current, um, all the current activity happening in this market.
0: Well, he made a very large investment in Horton, a small investment in Lenar. And many Mm -hmm. years ago, he purchased Clayton Homes, which makes manufactured homes. Right. What do you, without, with the understanding that neither you nor I have spoken to Warren Buffett, what do you think was the logic behind him doing
1: this? Um, well, I think that the current investment, the logic is the market share of new homes and particularly homes um, by public builders are, is going to skyrocket, already has and could continue to be, you know, one in, it is right now, it's one in four um, homes sold on the market, right? So I think that's a market share play, but what all of those, all of those builders have in common is affordability, and home prices, and and I think the the Clayton was before the pandemic, and the home prices exploded. But all of those types of builders can build production homes that are quality homes. They can build them fast and probably the most efficient than any other builder. Um, and the and the Clayton is is a is a manufacturing home, so there's even more affordability and economies of scale there. So I think what what my guess is what's driving that is is a thesis of People are going to need more affordable places to live, and these are the these are the companies that are at the forefront of that.
0: Now, as a result of the tight labor market, the cost of developing the property, the roads, the sewers, as well as building the homes, has gone up. Yes. What do you see happening in that?
1: So they have gone up. So there's two there's two levers there that the costs have gone up. They're not going up as much as they used to. Um, They're still increasing. Um, but what I would say is the one good thing that has happened since the pandemic is the um, the timing of getting all of the, the equipment and all of the, the materials is become much more predictable. So the actual cycle time to build a house is back to the nine, eight to nine months. It used to be I don't know when I can build a house because I don't know when I get the the, the windows the or the
0: um bathroom fixtures.
1: Yes, right. So so that that has helped the budgets to, to some extent. You know you can get it, and it's also helped kind of stabilize some of the pricing of the homes. Um, but but I will tell you, home prices also increased 20% plus. So the public builder margins over the last couple of years have been in the 30s. So they can afford, and that's how they can deal with the the mortgage rate buy-downs, and they can absorb some of the costs because they've got a lot of room to wiggle within their current margins.
0: Now, do you have any statistics as a percentage of the hail, sale, home sale price? What's the cost to the builders to buy down the mortgages?
1: I think it's the, the statistic is $10,000 per point. Um, I think that's the statistic, but I will double check that. But that's that's where it is uh, on average. It it depends, but that's about what it is.
0: So okay, so it's just eating into their margin, which is higher than it usually was. So
1: correct. They're,
0: they're now, with-
1: there's there's a school of thought that says at some point, if the, if the obviously if the interest rates keep going up, it's going to be too expensive to buy down the rate because they are looking for that five point five. That seems to be the magic number right now. Whether that number increases with expectations over time, not sure. But right now, they have got to buy it down. And every time the, the interest rate goes up, they they have to pay more for that, for sure.
0: Now, in the past, we all re- uh, remember when interest rates were much higher. And it, as a result, people sold their homes quicker. I mean, they moved on to another home. Mm-hmm. And I guess that will change the length of time that a new home buyer is in their home at this point now.
1: Yes, that's what we think. I mean, until the rates start to come down. Uh, there's also a school of thought that says, you know, as the, it, there's a bit of um, a psychology going on here, right? You really want to buy your home in a rising interest rate environment. But when they start to start come down a little bit, more people kind of come into the market and start to buy. But I do think you're right. I think people will be in their homes much longer um, and they're not going to want to sell their homes. Because don't forget, even if you put your home on the market, the person buying that is going to have to use a 7.5% mortgage where they can buy a new home with a 55 because the builder will buy it down. So the the environment for resales is really difficult right now.
0: But for the new home buyer, on one hand, they may be paying more for their house, but they're getting a lower rate. So it just depends on how it's being marketed to them.
1: Right, correct. They're correct. Now, and location too. So the resale homes generally are in the better locations because they were built- You know, longer time ago. The new homes tend to be further out. So you do see, and that's where I think the rentals are benefiting, because if you're new to a market and you really want to live close in, your only option is going to be a rental. So there is a lot of people sitting in rentals right now that when the interest rates start to come down, they might consider buying.
0: So you have this pent up demand that will increase as the interest rates decline.
1: I think so. I think so. There's been some surveys about that for of surveys of renters saying um you know w- would you rather be buying a home and and a lot of there's I think the the number was like 20% of renters um that would rather be purchasing a home but can't find what they want right now.
0: But it could be a demographic issue that people may not be prepared to stay in a location yeah. for 30 or 40 years and they want to move around. Yeah, I'm in mean,
1: Absolutely. I don't move. think this is a permanent shift. I think it's it's just it's a phenomenon with a rising interest rate environment.
0: Now, are there any other trends that you're seeing out there that you think we should uh you would like to share with the listeners? So I think
1: the only, well not the only, there's lots, there's lots of trends, but um we didn't talk about build for rent. And that that was a very big category of rentals where and we define build for rent as as a rental community where no one's living above you or below you. Um, so it's think of townhomes or, or small horizontal apartments, we call them or cottages. Um, there was a lot of now that market has slowed tremendously of new supply, but there's been a lot in the pipeline and a lot of that build for rent is coming online right now. So, again, in this current environment, we are seeing the apartments come online. A lot of people we track the, the future construction. Um, the, the apartment industry does not as a whole. So they're not really expecting all this extra competition. So that may actually put a little bit more of a wrench in terms of um, recuperating from this excess supply. I don't think that's being talked about enough is that there is this other element. Now it's relatively small to the apartment, but in a small market, when you have maybe three or four new apartment buildings and five or six built for rent communities, that's a lot of competition entering all at the same time
0: and they're all competing for the same customers or they same are
1: thing. they are and the build for an industry was was you know th- their rents are at a premium too at a time where you know inflation is high people are starting to feel it savings are being depleted so that's i think that's an industry to watch i i i love the fundamentals of it it makes a lot of sense to me um but i i do worry about the deliveries during this time period right now
0: now some towns are very um eager to have built to rent come there and others aren't. And I guess it's on the politics of the area and their yes. infrastructure. Yes. Are, yes. are there any other comments that you want to share?
1: No, I I, I think the, the last little bit that I always um I, I do like to watch very carefully is and I, I don't want to talk politics, but um but th- there are uh, municipalities and there are state laws um, that are starting to impact the housing market that are worth watching. Um, in Florida, we have a Live Local Act, which allows, which has been a lot of conversation, allows a developer to buy a commercial property and rezone it without municipal approval. Um, so there's a lot of conversations that that could spur development. Um, there's, there's pluses and minuses, as there is to everything. Um, insurance is a big issue in how governments deal with insurance. Um, there's some labor laws coming forward that could increase the price of labor, um so there's a lot of things to watch on a government level that could actually impact the costs of in the housing market.
0: Well, you've been very gracious with your time and of it's course. a very exciting period to be in the real estate market, but I don't remember a time that it wasn't exciting. <laughs> and I just really appreciate It's no
1: fun if it's if it's all if it's all uh easy, right?
0: If it's if it was <laughs> if, if it was so easy it wouldn't be so much fun. Yes. Yes. Is, any final comments other than I just really want to thank you for your time and your sharing your expertise and your knowledge with us.
1: No, I appreciate it. I I love talking about this. It it is a difficult time. There's a lot of bumps in the road, but um but we try. We try to keep on top of everything here and try to watch what we're doing and we change our forecast if we have to, but we're we're doing the best we can in um in the current environment and there's a lot to keep an eye on. So Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you.
0: And, and and Leslie, right back at you. Thanks a lot. Okay, of course. Hello, this is Bob Chalfin. The second edition of my book, A Practical Guide to Buying a Business, is now available. This book, along with my book, A Practical Guide to Selling a Business, can be purchased on Amazon. All proceeds received from the sale of my books are donated to nonprofit organizations.